Here we go, episode 30 of the Hibs Ramble. We're back again, myself, Craig, hosting tonight. Sean's with me like he was last week, and Liam's back from his journey to Playa de las Americas in Tenerife. Hola. Hola, Liam. ¿Cómo estás? Hola, Hola amigo. ¿Cómo Buenos estás? Buenos días. No, I have no stars? idea. I have no idea. I don't speak French. Okay. <laughs> Glad we've got that out of the way. So we're back <clears throat> uh, in a greater mood than what me and Sean were last week anyway. Shows you how quickly football can turn around. Um, safe to say it was a good win for the High Bees on Saturday, 6-0. Um, but before we go into that, obviously since we last recorded there's been a couple of bits of news uh, happen. Ryan Portress has finally left us to go to Watford and we had the whole uh, will he, won't he situation with Kevin Nisbet his move to Millwall breaking down on Friday night. Liam, as you were out the country, I'm not sure how much of a handle you had on it um, so Sean, I'll just say I'd like come to you first um, Portia's gone what's your, what's your thoughts and feelings on, on Ryan making the move to Watford? Uh, more buzzing for him than anything else uh, I don't know how many times we've mentioned it on the pod that he needs to make that move away it won't surprise me that if Watford get promoted and if he does well, that he could see that switch to Udinese since the two clubs are linked. And I think he'll um, benefit the club and the, our current playing squad as well. So I think overall, it's good for everyone involved. No, I kind of am on the same page, Liam. I know you're a big Ryan Porteous fan. Um, obviously, at the game on Saturday, we'll go into the performance a wee bit more in detail, but for me, it felt like there was a a lift around the place and I don't mean that disrespectful to, to Ryan but it just it just seemed the performance of the back four on the whole was a lot different in a good way. Aye. Uh, it was dragging out a wee bit wasn't it and I think obviously it would have its it'd be taking its toll on the rest of the defenders. It's no like we could have left him out uh, because <laughs> he's our best player. Um so I I think I think a lift is maybe the wrong word, but maybe not even a sense of relief. I'm not too sure what the word you would use to describe it as, but you know, you kind of get my drift. Like they were able to now play without that sort of pressure, which uh, obviously benefited them. No, I agree. I think it's it's one of those ones where it's almost you. If your best player goes it kind of lets everybody else try and step up a wee bit as well, rather than potentially relying on them. Um, obviously, there has been situations that we've picked up on on the podcast as well, where he's, something's happened and he's maybe shouted at a player or he's you know criticised them quite heavily. Obviously, you go back to the the video that was done in Portugal when he criticised Melkerson um, with the whole don't talk back to me, just go away, go and play side of thing. And it was a game where he kind of roared at Tavares as well. Um and Tavares didn't know how to react, but no, I think the disappointing thing from a Hibs perspective is that obviously he's went for probably pittance compared to what his value should be in reality, um, but sell on feed down the line, and the thing is as well, is that he needs if he gets into the Watford team, he just needs to have a good sort of 6 to 12 months, and you never know, somebody like an established Premier League team could start sniffing about him, and you've seen the prices of centre-halves in the league done their skyrocket over the past so sizable sell on according to Hibs hopefully we see that come to fruition but I think most of all because he's one of our own he's came through the academy and he literally lived like you said on 
his video on Instagram, a boy who lived the dream. And he has lived the dream with all of us, so we wish him well. And I think we'll all be watching his career with, with great interest. And hopefully maybe one day he can come back. Knows an opposition player, but to wear the green and white again, because we seem to have an absolute throbber for getting former players back later on in their career. He'll maybe one, deliver the match ball. <laughs> one who looked like he was going, but didn't end up going, was Kevin Nisbet. Um, that was Sean, that was weird. Like that was a really weird one. Like he's Lee Johnson said in his presser that he's been out the building most of the week. So which leads you to think that it was pretty much he was going down to dot the I's and cross the T's. And the next thing, he's arriving at Glasgow Airport at eight o'clock on Friday night. Yeah, I did think the whole thing was a bit weird. Like you said, I thought it was done and dusted. I had the the tweet ready in the drafts of the Ramble account thanking him for his services. So that kinda tells you what I thought it was. Um it's just kind of the aftermath of it for me that makes the whole thing a bit weirder. Johnson's comments in the press not really squishing anything. Some of the comments that some of the pundits were saying online as well, it's just a bit strange. Um, it doesn't feel like we, I don't want to say protect them, I said that in the chat, but I think that's probably the best way to do it. Do you know what I mean? If if it's failed for whatever reason, whether it's the medical or muscle mass or whatever, um, we as a club should be doing all we can to protect them and if that is something that maybe puts other clubs off hopefully it benefits us and he, he signs the contract for us instead uh, Liam we love any, nothing more than an absent, uh, unsubstantiated rumour here on the Rambo um, you've got he wanted he was offered X amount per week he went down there he asked for more they turned it down he something's flagged up with a medical so they've changed the terms of his deal um, and that he was going to get a lower basic but a higher appearance fee. So if he stayed fit and played most weeks, then he wouldn't be any worse off. But it was Millwall just protecting themselves. There was also this whole thing about um, being left to his own devices with his agent, apparently, getting picked up at. Like he had to make his own way from Luton Airport to Millwall. Um, like I say, we love the, the suitcase he came back with at Glasgow Airport, to me, indicates he wasn't planning on coming back. I thought the exact same. It was a humongous case. Um, I've not seen any of the pictures. Of, um, it was quite difficult for me to catch up because I was leaving uh, Tenerife at about the same time all this was kind of kicking off. So I missed a lot of it. Um, it was one of those cases where like, you see an American tourist have where it's, uh, like, it could probably weigh about 50, 60 kilos. Aye. It was like one of those huge cases. So it, to me, I, I agree with Craig. It looked like he had absolutely no intention of coming back when I seen the picture. If anything, Ryanair have probably made a fortune at him for extra kilos for his baggage. <laughs> um, one thing that on Nisbet, obviously there was this whole um, issue six months after he joined about when Birmingham were sniffing about and he wanted to go, he handed in a transfer request. It didn't end up happening. Um, he's got previous as well, supposedly, for doing this to Wraith uh, when he went to Dunfermline and then us when he left Dunfermline. Um, so it was quite nice to see the reaction he got on Saturday um, when he got to what when he was sent to warm up. I mean, when we spoke about it before, we didn't think he'd even be in the squad. Um, so, well, I think there was a kind of consensus that he definitely wouldn't start given that he hadn't trained all week. Um, so when he was first out to warm up, it was quite it was quite good to see the crowd react to him in a positive way when they could have easily just went the other way. It's a difficult one because he did get a lot of stick the last time when he did all that with Birmingham, remember, in the COVID season. 
I'm sure it took quite a lot of stick online. Obviously, the fans weren't there, but um, online and stuff. So it was it was pretty refreshing to see him see him get a good reception. I mean, he's been nothing but a, a brilliant player since he's came back for his injury. So yeah. I think he's he's definitely looking like a player who's missed out a year or yeah. nine months, whatever he was out. Um, and like you I, say, think, he's, I think, think his comment helped though, Craig. Uh, after he decided to come home or whether it was his comment or his agent saying that he specifically wanted to focus on Hibs. I think if he doesn't make that comment, he doesn't get as strong a reception. Do you know what I mean? Because then people would have still been expecting him to maybe go west or maybe have something else lined up. But the fact that he specifically came out and said that you know he's focusing on Hibs at the moment, that probably led to the more positive reaction. No, I think you're right. And I also think he's, de- like I said, he's came back with a point to prove. And like you say... If there is, if it has come down to a medical issue, that in theory could work in Hibs' favour because yeah. he wouldn't need to go through a medical to sign a new contract with us. Um, I think it's safe to say that we're probably looking at the next six months of being the final six months of his Hibs career. But if he does, you know, if he does play to get a move in the summer, that can only be beneficial for us because if he's playing to get a move, he's playing out his skin, he's scoring goals, scoring goals for Hibs, that's going to keep pushing us higher up the table. So. Um, Am I wrong in saying that uh, he, like when he failed his medical though is that no Millwall's decision? Is that not their decision to? Well, again, it's we don't know if it is actually a failed medical, but, um, but if that was the case, just if he's fresh, you know, he's fresh off the back of an ACL injury, I would imagine that something somewhere would still be showing up. You can still pass the medical, but it can have like cautions. Mm-hmm. So like he could have passed the medical, but on the medical it could have flagged up that this could be an issue or that could be an issue and it might have just been something that Millwall just weren't willing to take the risk. Yeah, which is, I think is where, again, that rumour about a lower basic but a higher appearance fee. Um, funnily enough, it's, I've just seen it's just came through, they've signed Ollie Burke instead. Which is, a, a, bit downgrade, of, which is a bit of a come down. He's got some agent, by the way. Yeah. But anyway, on to, on to the game on Saturday. Uh, no, sorry, before the game on Saturday, we've got a bit of transfer news. Uh, we've secured the signing of CJ Egan Riley from Burnley until the end of the season. I think he just joined Burnley in the summer. Um, he was very highly rated at Man City. Um, when he signed, I was having a look through their Twitter, like the tweets when it was announced that he left Man City, and then the ones when he'd signed for Burnley, and everybody seems to be pretty happy. And even there's a few Burnley fans saying that we've got a good player for six months, so we just need to hope that he's not another Nathan Wood. And that he slots in. I think it says he covers, he can play centre back, right back in, in the six. So I think he kind of gives us a good good versatility in areas where we might need numbers. A nice bit of cover, I suppose. Eh? A nice bit of cover. Yeah. I think we're still looking at bringing in one. Um, but you'll be able to hear all about that tomorrow night, which we'll leave till the end of the show. Uh, so on to the game on Saturday. Uh, the lineup when it came out, I think it was pretty. Pretty much expected that Will Fish would come in at the back, uh, back four alongside Paul Hanlon, given that Rocky was is now like completely cabbaged for about three four months. I don't think they've actually said what his injury is. If it's like a ankle, I read, I read ankle. somewhere it was an ankle, ankle. Uh, three months and it's his ankle. <clears throat> so uh, there was a big, obviously there was a load of pressure before the game, and that was built through the press all week as El Sakico. Um, Aberdeen coming off an absolutely skilled and at Tynecastle, followed by a humiliating defeat against Darvill in the Scottish Cup. 
Um, Liam, what was what was your feelings going into the game on Saturday? Did you think that this was a must-win for Johnson? They all coming off the back of the, the Hearts game last weekend. No, I didn't think it was a must-win for Johnson. I thought it was a must-win for Jim Goodwin. I said before the game, I thought that if Aberdeen lose, Goodwin will go. If Hibs lose, Johnson will stay. Um, I wasn't looking forward to the game. I was looking forward to hospitality. I wasn't looking forward to the game. I thought it was going to be drab. I thought it was going to be boring. You know, but it turned out to be anything but. But no, I didn't think it was a... Obviously, it was a must-win for us, but I didn't think it was a must-win for Lee Johnson, if you if you get my drift. No, I do. I do. Um, Sean, a couple of other changes as well. Joe Newell came back in. Um, uh, Chibriah dropped out to the bench, which I felt was quite surprising because I thought the game against Hearts, even though the result was one of his more solid performances and turned in. And finally, uh, Harry McCurdy got a start. Um, and I think it was pretty, pretty evident for the for the off that McCurdy was going to be deployed on the right of a front three rather than through the middle. Um, mm-hmm. And Nisbet's absence, Ellie Yuan moved sort of sit more centrally uh, for the first half anyway. What was what's your what was your thoughts on McCurdy's overall overall performance? I think it's the first time he's been obviously given a start in a game that wasn't away from home against a rival or a team that's a lot better than us. How did you feel like we I think it was what maybe 65, 70 minutes yeah, ago. I thought I thought he played really, really well. I think the fact that Yuan played so well and McGeady put in a very strong performance maybe takes a little bit off how good maybe you know Harry actually was. There was a lot of times where he was the ball was played over the top for Will Fish and he was just chasing down those balls. A couple of them he won. Um, there was quite a few times where he, he would cut inside to try and win the ball as well, win it and then start a break as well. So. Overall, I was, by Harry's standards, I was very happy with his performance. Um, it's just played kind of in the shadow of Yuan because he was just so, so good. But it was really, really good to see. Yeah, and I think Liam's still absolutely gagging for the celebration. Um, I was doing it. I was doing it on Saturday. Told you, Craig. I said that to stand. I was Mark looking for, I was looking for him. Yeah, we were looking. We're we thought you were up. We thought you were up in the west upper, but clearly for your video uh, footage, you were doing the peasant seats. I know, but we're in the the padded seats in the west lower. Yeah, peasant seats. Um, the thing about McCurdy for me is that he's. I think if he doesn't score twenty plus goals for Swindon last season, we're not expecting him to score fifteen twenty goals for us, which I think is probably a bit. It's a bit unfair, and given the fact he's obviously. At times, had to compete. You know, he's came in, um, had to compete with Boyle, Nisbet, etc. For for game time, it's been hard for him. But I don't think he done his chances any harm on Saturday. Um, but let's talk about the man himself, JC32, the reincarnate. Even though he's not dead, the the reincarnation of a certain Pat McGinley. Uh, Sean, what? I I genuinely I don't I don't mean to be over egging this, but three goals and two assists doesn't even speak the story of the game for Josh. It was if there was if there was grass on certain areas of that pitch, um, because let's be clear, the pitch is absolutely honking at the moment. He covered every single one of them. There was a there was a point in the game, I think it was like eight to eighty plus minutes, and the ball's going out for a throw, I think it was, 
and he's bust a gut right into the corner to try and win it and keep our attack nice and fresh yeah. instead of it going. It was right in front of us, eh? Aye, it was right in front of us. And I said that to you at the time. I was like, we're 4 0 up, 80 odd minutes. He's got his goals, he's got his assists. Like, he could have easily just kind of let that run, but it just kind of goes to show the mentality that he's got. Um, it's, I, I can't remember the last time I've seen such a good individual performance by, by a Hibs player, excluding a, a certain day in May a while back. But um, I three goals, two assists. Um, phenomenal for the boy. Can I just say that um, I blame Josh Campbell's superb performance completely on me for backing him all season. You blame it or you take the credit? So you take the credit for it, you don't blame it then? Ah. Yes, no, I take the credit. I take the credit. I take the credit for it. Well, You're Liam, welcome, you, Josh. You've been one of his only supporters throughout his uh, whole tenure Con- in that shirt, so... Consistent. I think the, the one bit for Josh that summed it up for me was a period in the first half... Um, I can't remember if we were one or two nil up at the time, but it showed the deficiencies and the strengths in his game where I think a throw-in came in for Aberdeen's left down near us and he switched off and Shinny ran off the back of him. And then fast forward four seconds, he's the one sliding on Shinny winning the ball back. And I think that sort of sums up. Like he's no, he's technically not great. His positional awareness at times isn't great. But like I was saying to you, Sean, before the game, um, and Liam, I don't know what you think about this, obviously, because we've been linked with Scott Arfield. Um, now, that probably doesn't look like it's going to be a, a deal that's going to happen. But in terms of the kind of player that Arfield is, is a player who breaks from midfield and gets into the box and finds himself in good positions all the time. And I said this to Sean at the game, that Josh Campbell has a severe knack, a really good knack, of finding himself in the, in the right place. Players at the right time. Um, do you think we've finally found his best position? Because it looks as if Johnson wants to play him as a 10, but he doesn't typically fit the build of a, of what you would think is a traditional traditional number 10. No, it doesn't. But where we were playing him last season in that kind of deeper role and expecting him to be, you know, a Joe Newell type and, and ping the balls through and stuff, that's not his game. And that's why he wasn't getting as much success last season. He's now allowed to play and allowed to have that more of a free roam. And I mean, the boy's an absolute terrier as well. I mean, like you say, he's not the he's not the most wonderful and most gifted player on the ball, but he's good enough to do a job in a Hibs midfield. Yeah. Um, and I think you're absolutely right with his like attacking awareness and his know how to get in the right place at the right time. He's like a fox in the box, really. It's, I mean, like the the second goal, the the vision to to get on at the end of that corner because he said it was a shank for John Hill. So the vision to get on the end of it and then control the header. I don't know if he's taking the piss for that because I thought it was actually quite a decent ball in. It looked like a, that, it looked like a training ground routine to me, and based on the reaction of the bench, it it looked like it was as well. Mm-hmm. I think right, it. Well. His first goal as well is a really good finish because he's he's almost on the touchline. Aye. Uh, on the he, he, he would have been he would have been off balance as well. He's almost yeah. on the byline, and he said that he, I think he's more tried to guide it back across goal, in the hope that it hits off someone and goes in. Um, but I think, and I don't want to seem like I'm doing a disservice to Josh by saying this, but I think he's the perfect example of hard work beats talent, and talent doesn't work hard enough. Mm-hmm. And that no, absolutely. 
like I say, technically he's not great, but as as we um, as we commented on Saturday, Sean, when we were speaking about it, like he he was the only one chasing Toby Sibic back last week. Everybody else had gave up, and he was still at two 0 down in the ninety fourth, ninety fifth minute. Was still the one bursting his arse, and I think it just shows you, um, if you believe in yourself, but you also have a management team that believe in you. But not only that, can also put you in the right areas. And you've um, got a it, podcast who believes in you. Yeah, and it's a combination of all three of those, I think. And Josh, even he's, um, you know, you can speak for me. Folk, oh, I've heard. I listened actually to Sports Sound, their like after game thing on Saturday earlier on in the office today, and they spent about forty minutes talking about Aberdeen, right? Which is understandable given that Goodwin got sacked, etc. But then it gets to Willie Miller, and Willie Miller goes, "Aye, great, Hibs won six 0 great for them, but it's not about them, it's about Aberdeen." Whereas I think there's, it's easy enough to say that we only won because Aberdeen were shite. But you didn't put six past a team purely on them being shite. Like we had to be really, really good. And the fact that Campbell got three assists, eh, sorry, three goals and two assists, um, does a bit of a disservice to to him and the overall performance of the team. In my opinion. Yeah, Willie Miller's obviously going to say that. Right? Well, it's in that. Uh, well, I'm certainly not a fan. I'm not a fan of him. I've been very vocal about him on Twitter. He's a horrible, the issue, horrible guy. Yeah. So supposedly, the issue with Aberdeen is all the foreign players. Like, he's an absolute tool, mate. Just, um, just touching on your point, Craig, about the role of Josh Campbell now as well. I think football itself is maybe going into a new cycle where your old-fashioned number ten of like a Scott Allen from a Scottish perspective, or like a Coutinho or an Ozil or somebody like that, would be classed as a liability defensively. You don't get those type of players anymore. You could argue that Ewan Henderson wants to be that old-fashioned number 10, but obviously he's, he's not there. And yeah. the fact that Josh has got that work rate about him to just cover every every part of the pitch as it's well. It's not even like a number 10 anymore. It's like a eight and a half. Yeah, you know what I mean, so, ah, it's, a, it's, a bo- it's a box-to-box <coughs> breaking into the box off the back of it as well, weirdly. Mm. I think players like De Bruyne have changed that. Um, not that I'm obviously comparing Josh Campbell to Kevin De Bruyne, but De Bruyne's no, much better than De Bruyne. But he's that, Kenny's, De Bruyne's a 6-6-1 built player who should really be a 10, but can control it in both aspects. And that probably, is- a player like him probably would have been a 10, at the yep. beginning of his career, and then he's just kind of drifted back, whereas we've done the opposite thing with, with Josh. And I like the fact that when we're taking, like, maybe a centre midfielder off that's on a yellow, for example, uh, Lee Johnson's more than happy for Josh to come in and sit in as a two in the midfield. Do you know what I mean? So it just kind of goes to show his versatility as well, which is, which is great. I agree. And maybe we should give some praise to the old recruitment team for putting him on a four-year contract. Because exactly. according, to, according to Johnson, there's already been a team sniffing about him for the champ. We've turned in a bid for the championship for him. The English championship. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Nah, Rafe have came in for him, mate. I tell you, I tell you what though, I was chewing some guy's lug off in the Albion bar on Saturday night, saying that Josh Campbell's better than Brian Jack and he should be in the Scotland squad and everything. And this guy was like, no bother. But Brian I'm Jack's adamant. In contract in the summer. I'm adamant. He was getting. Even to get our team. Behave yourself. Talking of 
Um, and also, just to touch on it as well, I thought it was a nice touch from Nisbet. Nisbet's clearly the designated penalty taker now in Martin Boyle's absence. Um, and for one, we, me and Sean at the time felt absolutely gutted for Josh O'Connor that he never got it because he was begging for it. Um, but Nisbet immediately pointed to Campbell, which I think is a nice touch and kind of goes away to dispelling any rumours or myths about a broken dressing room or cliques in the dressing room. Yeah. Um, one thing Unless that, stu- that is a clique. Nisbet and Campbell. <laughs> but one thing that stood out to me as well is that when we scored, the team celebrated together. Um, I think apart from the one where Stevenson was away back at the halfway line, so it would have been um, kind of 35, it's tough for him to do that just to celebrate a goal. Um, I said that to you though during the game, Craig, as well, like when we were talking about the manager's positions, it's clear in the last however many weeks that the players back the manager and they back the philosophy and they back the process. Yeah. We've seen it with goals, we've seen it with how they've been celebrating, we've seen it with the, some of the performances, and if you compare, considering Aberdeen and Hibs were getting compared as being in the exact same position in regards to the actual team on the pitch. It just goes to show kind of where Aberdeen are as a club, considering they've not been able to string in together for weeks. Yep. And yet our performances have been there, but we've just not been, not been able to score. Yeah, the, that's the negative thing for us, is that the outliers have been the two defeats to Hearts. Yeah. Um, which I think is probably unfair on Johnson to a certain extent. Um, because when you think about it, folks still cry back to that Mowbray team and we took three Scuddens off Hearts in the one season by four goals, might add, not just three. Um, one player we do want to talk about who had his Instagram reel ready to rumble um, on Sunday morning, no doubt, was Ellie Yuan. And it was, a, it was a great reel. It really was. Honestly, right. This <laughs> I, I can't remember a Hibs player in time that has had me tearing my hair out and then just been looking and thinking, Jesus fucking Christ, how has he done that as much as he does? Sean, there was a period in the first half where um, he eventually won a free kick, but he, he must have he skinned McCrory about three times, skinned Anthony Stewart, skinned Shinny, went back, tried to skin him again, and Shinny ended up filling him. And I was, I was about greeting, <laughs> wanting him to release the ball. Um, he was... He was top notch on Saturday. Was I, un- I think uh, he, I think he knows himself that he had to step up to the mark being played through the middle, and I, and you can tell he's the type of player that thrives kind of under that pressure as well. And the amount of times that, regardless how the team's playing, he's always wanting the ball. He's always wanting to take the man on. Maybe a little bit too much, obviously. Um, but on on Saturday there, he was just he was just different gravy. He was levels above everybody else on the pitch and. Obviously, although Josh Campbell was unreal from a in a, in a front three perspective, he was way ahead of way ahead of the other two, and I think that will give him even more confidence because he's obviously going to get put back out wide yep. for the county game and the games coming up. Nisbet will start and, and go through the middle, um, so I think it'll just it'll do him the world of good to know that if he is trusted to go through the middle again, you know, he's more than good enough, and it, it gives it gives Lee Johnson a question. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and the celebration as well. Cold, so cold. That was class. That was class. Liam, should we should we be looking at um, exercising <clears throat> the option to buy? Uh, How much is it? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. I've heard yeah. that it's pricey. It is expensive, and his wage would <clears throat> actually be expensive as well. 
Back have we seen have we seen enough? We spoke about a weeks ago with the Canberra situation or something like that happens. That would be my have, only concern. Yeah, have we seen enough good from him to spend whatever the amount of money is? I mean, people are saying it's quite expensive. What we may be talking, let's just ballpark what six hundred, seven hundred maybe. Don't know. Is it maybe earmarked the Nisbet money in the summer if Nisbet goes to sign him? Like I know it's not a direct replacement, but there's where the money comes from. I don't know. I, I've still, I'm still on the fence about it. Like yeah, me too. He's, if it wasn't that high a higher amount, I'd be, I'd be screaming to sign him. But if you're talking in the excess of five, six, seven, eight, then not for me at the moment. Yeah, I think he's he's shown what he can do. Obviously, the game against Livingston when he absolutely tore Nicky Devlin a new arsehole who's up there with probably one of the most dependable, solid right-backs in the league. Yeah. And then I know Even Livy away. Livy away was really good. Aberdeen, obviously, are what they are. But, I mean, Scales must be must have went him greeting on Saturday night because Yuan just took the, took the piss at him. Like, he absolutely took the piss at him. And what impressed me about him as well was his work rate and winning the ball back at times. Like you said about McCurdy, Sean. Um, and I think McGeady was um, promising in that as well. He's, you can tell McGeady as well as a class above, like he's mentally he's ahead of everyone else on the park, but he's no just there, I think he's proved in the last few games at times he's no just there for a jolly, he is, he is working his arse off, um, but I think lastly about the game on Saturday, I think we should give a big special mention to Will Fish. Um, I thought the big man was, was quality, I th- Lee Johnson said after the game that if you're looking for the archetype to build a centre half, like the perfect profile is, is somebody like Will Fish. He's big, he's quick, he's strong. And I, what I liked about him on Saturday, Liam, was the fact that a couple of times he tried to be a bit smart on the ball in the first half. And I think there was a point where he gave it away and his passing was a bit off. Anytime the ball came to him after that, it was just get it to fuck. Like, get <laughs> this ball away from me. Which... I think is what we've lacked with, with Ryan at times. Uh, with Porteous, he he wanted to try and... And it's not a wrong thing to do, is get the ball down and play it and pass it. And, but sometimes you just need a defender that just... that If my goal's behind me and that ball's coming to me, get that ball to fuck, get it so far away from me. Um, and it was quite good to see. No, um, I think the first time that we saw Will Fish, what was it, Dundee United away, and he came on and I thought he looked all right. Uh, I quite liked the look of him. Obviously, then he gets chucked in it. Tynecastle a bit unfairly in my opinion, but no yesterday, yesterday, Saturday was he was superb. He really was, um, you know, albeit Aberdeen weren't very good going forward. Didn't have an awful lot to do, but what he did have to do, he did well. He was solid, and like you said, he, he did a job. So I'm more than happy to have him at the back. I think he single-handedly defended every set of piece that came mm. in the box as well. And the ball was like a magnet to his head. Absolutely. And then obviously, delighted for him, he gets his goal. Uh, ball comes in, he's up like a salmon. Headers it into the back of the net. It was a great goal. really was. Joe uh, do better, and the defending's horrific. I think, seeing as we've mentioned every other player, I think probably Joe Newell should get a bit of credit as well. He's been much maligned for the hip support. Um, he's came away with two assists on Saturday. Um, and I think considering, the, considering how poor we often say set pieces are yeah. to to score from two corners is from his corners are 
was really good and testament to him. And I think me and Sean were speaking about it on Saturday. You can just see that the presence of Jago alone has it will almost relieve the pressure on Jonio a bit. Maybe the, his presence lifts a bit of weight off the shoulders in the same way that Portis's presence also, like in a sort of way to counter it. Um, that helps. But Sean, we'll leave the last bit of the game on Saturday to you uh, because we was talking the week about Lee Johnson saying that the the academy guys were got to get a chance. Obviously, Ryan Schofield went back to, to Huddersfield, so that kind of nailed on for Murray Johnson. We also jokingly thought that would he include Hanlon, Stevenson and Campbell as the academy graduates? Um, <laughs> I was really glad he didn't, eh? But uh, the, the ones on the bench, Murray Johnson, Oscar McIntyre, Josh O'Connor and Ethan Laidlaw. Yep. Obviously, Josh and Ethan are, are ramblers. They are two, two really, really nice boys, I might add. If you've not listened to our podcast with them, go back and listen to it. Um, two great laddies hoping to forge a career and we were as soon as I think the f- fourth went in yeah I think we were we were we were calling it at the third but we were saying it's, if we get a fourth get them yeah. on yeah yeah and um, obviously Oscar and and Josh got the call I think Oscar obviously made his debut at the end of last season against St Johnston but it was a home debut for for Josh O'Connor and I really I said it to you at the time Sean it's a really weird thing thinking 20 years ago I was sitting here watching his old man. Yeah, Come I think it was, it was really good to see for both of them. I like, we were obviously discussing, I mean, we thought we thought Ethan was going to come on as well. Unfortunately, he didn't. I'm assuming that's only a matter of time. I'll just go on record and say I'm Johnson out now because Ethan <laughs> didn't get any game time. I don't want him at the club anymore. Get Johnson out. Nah, I'm, I'm obviously joking. Um, take a lot more for me to get in the Johnson out camp, that's for sure. But, um, we were speaking about where the players would potentially fit in. Would they just change the front three? Would they put Nisbet at the 10, this, that and the other? I like what he'd done with Oscar, putting him kind of at, at left wing. And then he's going to have Stevenson behind him. There was quite a few instances where Aberdeen attacked down that side and him and Stevenson were kind of in, in communication and, and defended that really, really well. He got stuck in for a few challenges, which was great. Um was buzzing for, for Josh as well. There was a few runs that you could see he was trying to make, but would probably get away with those type of runs at 18s and development level. Um, and the way that he managed to win the penalty, penalty was was brilliant. Um, the it way that he could shoot up. the ball, hold it up, can get his body in between the ball as well. I, I was hoping, I'm sure everyone else was, that he didn't get brought down because he would have scored that 100%. Yeah. And he's, he's probably gutted that we ended up winning the penalty, but... Um, I was really, really happy for him. Um, both of them made an impact. So it, it was, was a proper striker's bit of play that eh, when he he brought it down back to goal. And, um, very experienced. Well, he, rolled, he, he, rolled he rolled scales and Stuart perfectly. Like as if it's as, as if he'd been playing first team for years. I don't think either. Like you say, Sean, about Oscar, he came on and he put in a good few. I think there was a period in, uh, near the end of the game, doing near the touchline uh, beside the dugouts, where he kind of. There was maybe a sequence of maybe about two or three tackles. Yeah. And he was flinging himself into all of it. Yeah. And I, I think neither of them have done themselves any harm in that if we don't bring in anyone else before the end of the window, um, I would be very comfortable with having them as options in the squad. Go I don't on. think either of them looked yeah. out of place. I completely agree. Considering if you think about the fact that we only brought on four subs and we could have brought on five, which is kind of where my annoyance is with the 
Ethan situation. Um, even if I can understand if, considering when Oscar and Josh came on, he doesn't want to risk it in case we get an injury to someone else and then we go down to ten men. But um, if you think Ethan's not came on, you've then got Murray Aitken, you've then got Jacob Blaney, Megwa as well. So although the squad's a lot shorter now and will be a lot shorter at the end of the window, we do have some real quality, talented players there. So Johnson's already alluded to that we're going to be leaning on them between now and the end of the summer and, uh, sorry, at the beginning of the summer and hopefully hopefully a lot of them get more minutes. Yeah, and it's all in all um, a great way to bounce back for the defeat to Hearts. Um, I must say the, the, the video of Jim Goodwin walking across the pitch at Easter Road while his team were doing their warm down um, gave me gave me like a warm fuzzy feeling in my heart after the way he treated Portis at the start of the season get it fucking right up him yeah. get it right up him um, couldn't have happened to a bigger helmet in the league than if it happened to Robbie Nielsen and that photo of him jumping over the electronic advertising hoarding with Sunshine the Leaf Links his face on it was was football heritage in my opinion. Um, just as we start to sort of close up the, the pod for this week, Liam, uh, you and Mark obviously were in the Pioneer Suite on yeah. Saturday. Um, I believe what was it a four course meal you got? Um, oh, it was superb. See, just before I talk about that, can I just give a big shout out to David Marshall for thumping the ball into the Aberdeen yeah. fans? <laughs> mean Shomer and bits at that. That was, <laughs> that was superb, man. Some boy. No, we were oh, pioneers. Also, just before you talk about that, Sean, mind when we walked past the Iona bar and there was police everywhere and the boy was there was a boy going, Oh, what's oh no, I wasn't walking with you. I'm still listening, I still want to know though. I uh, know apparently Aberdeen it was my mate who I went to the, the gave me a lift to the game. Um apparently Aberdeen fans were hitting the pubs and launching the windows. I had that, aye. Jeremiah like the Iona got hit and something else got one of the other ones. The Oberdeen Ultras. Um, I really hope that oh, no one more seats was there and had a thoroughly, thoroughly miserable time at the game and a miserable journey up the road. Fantastic. Um, got a flat tyre or something. Aye, but aye, Liam, your, your Pioneers review. Oh, I'm not being funny. It was unreal. It was so, so good. Me, Mark, um, old man, and then a few others went into the Pioneers um, on Saturday. It was class. Like the, the meal was so good. For starters, we had haggis bonbons. Beautiful. On like, uh, on like wee bits of mashed tatties and then it was like a turnip sauce. Like over the top. Oh my God. It was something else. And then we had, for the main course, it was a big bit of beef with uh, mashed tatties and then like parsnips and that. Parsnips are, parsnips are goat, by the way. If you don't like parsnips, then you need to grow up. And then we had dessert, which was like a wee, it was like a custard slice thing. But it was like a, a bougie custard slice. Um, and then the fourth course was a was a cheese board after the game. And we got a pie at halftime. A pie and a coffee at halftime. An unlimited drink. And it was Barry. What was on tap? Innocent Gun, Ooh. you could have Tenants, um, there was Best, I think there might have been Guinness as well. Uh, me and my old man had some whiskey with some red wine, 
It's beautiful. Beautiful. Ten out of ten, would you go back? Absolutely, I would go back. Go back in a heartbeat. I'm trying to get a hospitality season ticket for next season, man. Let's um, stay stay tuned because we might be having a ramble day out in, in hospitality. And um, also the padded seat was there, the guy from TikTok. I like, mean, me and Mark were talking to him for ages, chewing his lug off it. So does he pay for it or does he get invited up to give I think reasons? I think he pays for some of them, but I think he got invited by Hibs to do it. Because right, every time he posts something on TikTok, you kind of see that a club comments going, oh, come to us. Yeah. Next. But he said he said it was it was really good and it was up there with one of the best that he's been in. But he probably says that every time. So all the money that Big Ron's been pumping in is worth it, is what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. I can that Craig's been having a go at the hospitality and that, but see until you try it, you're going to put that fucking hospitality this or that. But see, oh, as soon as you try it, you're going to be in your element, I've man. I've criticised that I've just felt there's, there's no point talking about it when it was shite on the park. But because we won 6-0... <laughs> Barry, those Tarkus bonbons sound absolutely phenomenal. Um, and aye, so there's no pie review this week, obviously, because we've all reviewed the Hibs pies. But in Liam's absence in the peasant seats, because um, he was up in the up in the exec lounge, I decided to get myself two pies on Saturday because I hadn't had any breakfast. I got myself a steak pie, and I thought I've not had one for ages at Easter, so I'll have a Scotch pie, right? The only comment I'm going to make about the steak pie is that it almost put me in the bunge unit at the hospital. I can it, see the layers of Craig's tongue falling out of his mouth. It was, when I say it was almost like I'd boiled the kettle and just took a drink straight out of the kettle. It was fucking boiling and then a bit, when a bit it spilled onto my finger and I honestly thought my finger was falling off. The, the scotch pie was alright. I'll give I'll give them props to that. Um, but the steak pie was fucking. They also looked so promising as well. They looked like they were going to be. Brilliant. What did I do? As soon as I got them both, Sean right, Liam. What I done was I let, I held the tray and I went like that, and both pies came out seamless. Perfect liftage. Perfect liftage. But I they I about took my mouth off, and I didn't even want to comment on the boy that must have took about five minutes to serve me because he was. They're definitely no paid on efficiency, like, and they're like the other in Asda. Because if I he almost was, missed Josh Campbell's first goal, it took that long. Aye, <laughs> he was taking a fucking age. You should, yeah. you need to try the the chicken curry one. It's absolutely superb. Um, like you say, I need to grow up, mate. I don't like to mess about my, especially my football food. Football food's a bit different. You need to stick to what you know. A chicken curry, mate. Chicken curry pie. Um, Barry Gadget. Anyway, on to tomorrow night. Ross County preview, uh, away, away up to Dingwall, no an easy game, I know they're sitting joint bottom in the league, but they absolutely scudded uh, Kelly on Saturday, 3-0, the Wolf seems to be back scoring the goals again for them, Nohan Kenna is obviously up there, he's issued a grovelling apology on his Twitter in the last couple of days about liking a couple of Hearts tweets, um, if I was a Ross County play, uh, fan, I wouldn't be too pleased about seeing that, but there is only about eight of them, so... <laughs> not really that arsed about, about winding them up um, <laughs> should we be looking to go up there tomorrow night and get three points Sean 100% shouldn't they really expect anything else doesn't matter whether it's a midweek game or a, a Saturday game Ross County away is someone somewhere that a club like him should should be winning I know we've not had a great record up there but yeah three points is, is all I want and all I should be expecting 
what do you think, Liam? Is this um, would coming away be a point be good enough, or is if we're wanting to, um, obviously after the run of results at the weekend, um, a draw yesterday between Hearts and Livy was almost a perfect result for us. Yeah, no, I think um, if we have got any substance about us and any substance of ambition, try to get up the table. We need to come away with three points uh, tomorrow night. I don't think a point is good enough, and I think. We just kind of put us back in that rut again. We need to build on the momentum that we that we started on Saturday. I would imagine. Yeah, especially I think Hearts playing Rangers as well. Um, this nine-point deficit that we've got. So it's a really big opportunity. Very quickly can become six. Um, obviously we've got two two tough away games with Ross County and St Mirren, but um, no, I don't think that. I agree with the two of you. If we want to that. It's games like this that, for me, are the the acid test for Johnson. Um, obviously, the the club, sh- the team should be on an absolute high after Saturday's performance. A game, regardless of how poor the opposition was, we still need to be good to put that amount of goals past somebody. Um, but likely, on the flip side, they'll be coming off a high, winning three nothing. I'm no 100% sure that Ross County's been a great ground for us nah. in the past, um, and obviously nobody won there earlier on in the summer. Eh, well, not earlier on the summer, earlier on the season, but no, nah, they'll be fighting for their lives. But if we've got any hope, I think of of putting even the slightest wee bit of pressure on Harps, um, because you'd you'd probably expect Livy to fall away at some stage. Um, aye, we need to be going up there tomorrow night to get three points. It'd be great if obviously if we do win and Harps get beat, that relegation bound Hibs and title chasing Harps. There's only six points between us. Yeah. So that would be really, really nice to see. No, no, I agree. Um, right, we'll start to wrap up. We'll go through some of your questions that we've had. Now it's time to enter the Hibs Ramble listener questions. Let's go first with John, as we always do on the Ramble. Um, John, what is for dinner? Um, I am having f- uh, fritos. Burritos. So fajitas, but with rice, so it becomes a burrito. Ah, nice. I was, trying, sounds, I was trying to say bajitas, nice. but fajitas sounds better than bajitas. Yeah, it does. Fajitas does sound good. Fajitas sounds like we could, you know, we could yeah. license that. I was Emma made chili yesterday, so I had that for my tea last night. So I'm saving that for my lunch tomorrow because leftover chili is. Yeah, it's good. So I, it's good. Fritos for me tonight. Um, I'm having. So when I was away, I, me and Megan went to this Italian restaurant and they did a tagliatelle that was tomato and ricotta with chicken and mushrooms, and it was unreal. Oh wow! So I'm remaking it. I'm making that tonight. So it's probably going to be absolutely garbage. But, um, I'll get the car started, Liam. I'm on my way. <laughs> you can pick up the cat box while you're here. <laughs> here we go, uh, Sean, with some linguine creamy. Nah, penny, penny beef ragu for me tonight. Oh. Shop is pasta, though. Uh, of course, of course. Yeah, it had to be pasta. Um, and John's also asking, uh, should I not return to Easter Road? I didn't attend because I was playing football. Clearly a bad luck charm. John, 100%. John, listen, mate. Never come Never. back, John. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I was going to be. I was going to say the ramble never uh, 
discriminates or excludes. But yeah, yeah, John, stay the fuck away, please. <laughs> don't come back. Um, Kev Wilson saying one, how good was that? One more dancer for you both, please. Awesome. Absolutely tremendous. That's two words, Sean. That's um, the point, Craig. That's two, the point. Two, three word, uh, two words won't be back. Two, uh, where has that been all season? Well, we've spoke, we've spoke about it all season. Surely someone was getting a doing and thankfully uh, it just happened. We've well, had performances like that for weeks and weeks and weeks, so I'm glad that it was a side like Aberdeen we done it to. Um, and I think it's we've seen it as well and that what Johnson said is that there's games where we'll do give someone a doing and we'll also take a doing. Um, and I think the month since we came back for the World Cup is a testament to that. We obviously Livingston, Aberdeen and then uh, the Celtic game and then uh, one half of the Hearts games. Uh, and three, are you confident that McCurdy will come good based on his performance? I thought he played well. I think we've discussed that. I think um, McCurdy gave himself no harm in his performance yesterday and he says that the only criticism uh, was not given lead law any minutes was a good opportunity missed yeah no I agree completely uh, Gav has um, Gavin well done for your spelling that is outrageously good this week well done saying that you have missed a question mark so good punctuation we've got some work to do but, <laughs> Uh, do you say you are on a permanent contract? Um, personally, I would on current form. He scares defenders with his pace and trickery player. Yeah, Kim, uh, what? I'll go back on what I said earlier on. I just, just yeah, pull the trigger. Um, Zach McKenzie has said so bipolar. I've seen that one as well. I'm not too sure what he means. Yeah, I think, our, I think our, our results are, but not our performances. Yeah, or is it maybe? Maybe, maybe us, I. <laughs> Um, Jack is saying not question but two statements Josh Campbell greater than Prime Zidane and Will Fish greater than Prime Maldini yep fully agree with that yep. uh, I've heard an unsubstantiated rumour again we love these on the ramble but apparently after Saturday uh, Paolo Maldini commissioned a pair of Will's, Will Fish pyjamas so <laughs> take from that what you will um, Lorenzo says I don't want to be too positive but uh, it was just me to notice that the team looked to be more dynamic, active, without. Well, I suppose we never really mentioned that without the only like proper through the middle striker. Yeah. I really enjoyed how the guys on up front were helping each other and pressing every ball. McCurdy's first half was outstanding. That's a fair point actually. I don't think we even acknowledged really that Ewan isn't an out and out number nine. McCurdy clearly isn't an out and out number nine, and obviously McGeady's not. So that's a, you make a good point there, Lorenzo. It probably actually helped in a way. Let, let them interchange quite a bit. More free, um, yeah. Throughout the throughout the game. Good sexy football. Um. Second question: Handler and Fish were very confident. Especially, I was surprised by Fish's performance. Who would you bench when Rocky will be back? Personally, Handler because Fish showed great sense of position and pace. He did, but I also think that he was coached very well throughout that game by Paul. Um. And Fish will probably be away in the summer. Yeah, yeah. we've got a long way to go. We've got three months, so. And I've only I only noticed this during the COVID season. Um, but when we played, so the game when we played at Petardry when Dodge scored to effectively seal third. In the first half, all you could hear was Paul Hamlin talking to Josh Dodge throughout, like talking to him constantly. Yeah. Um, and I think it's good that that was picked up at the game on Saturday as well. And the way that Paul reacted um, to the goals, given that obviously he's had a lot of flack 
recently um, had the captain say, well, the armband anyway, taken away from him in the summer. I think that just goes to show that Paul's more than anything a team player. Um, and the fact he's still not fully fit as well. I think with, with Ryan going, we'll see probably see the best of Paul as well, and that he can almost, not saying that Ryan was uncoachable, but I don't think that Porteous would have taken too much for Paul in terms of on-field. Maybe not in the last year, year and a half, fine. Yeah, but so I think... But Paul was meant to be playing with a hamstring niggle as well, so that just yeah, goes to show Kenny how good he was. Yeah, he was different gravy. He was brilliant, eh? Um, and then we've got Haley saying how shambolic was Aberdeen's defending, just nobody marking Campbell or Fish, not taking away how good we were. I think Fish has won it's 5 nothing in the 91st minute, like they're not really that arsed. Um, they were all over the place though for the other goals. Yeah, the second goal I think you can pick up on how easy it was. Um, Duke, I think it's Duke and Shinny on the edge of the box. Campbell's no. standing, no sorry, Shinny's Standing with Jago and Campbell, and as soon as the corner's kicked, it's Shinny just switches off. Um, and Duke's sitting free on the six yard, and then the other corner where Yuan scores is Duke's Duke out wide. Aye. Yeah. No, so. Aye. Oh, and finally, uh, Liam, King of the Sketchers, doesn't eat crisp. Riley, weirdo boy, says, uh, What a massive turnaround for Josh Campbell since last year. How much credit should Johnson get for this? Uh, not as much as me. I think you should get. I think you should get a lot because you need for a player like Josh Campbell, you need a good coach to to bring out the best in you. And since the start of the season, he's taken his game to a whole other level. So a lot of it is probably down to to him. Maybe not just him, but the coaching staff as a as a whole. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we'll wrap up there, gents. Um, we need to um, give our predictions for tomorrow for our Facebook followers. Since oh yeah. We also need to plug this Twitter space tomorrow. Yeah, that well, that's start. That's why he was going on to Liam, but I was just getting my prediction yeah, in there before we moved on. Oh, that's right, why. Enough. That's why I'm the host and you're the the guffy that just edits and uploads. That's true. You could be talking to me now, Liam. <laughs> I know you did a good job. You you're the audio only uploader. Correct. Correct. Um, aye, uh, right, predictions I'll go against the grain here Because I don't like doing predictions on the pod um, But I'll go 2-1 Hibs uh, I was going to go 2-1 So I'll go 3-1 I was then going to go 3-1 So I'll go 4-0 Yes That's for the Facebook listeners only Yep <laughs> so If you're going up to Dingwall tomorrow Safe journey um, Unfortunately I've got training So I can't go um, But what I can do is let you know that tomorrow night we have decided to do a Twitter space for the deadline tomorrow night. Um, chances are, because we're playing, there might not be much happening, but um, it'll be good for us to interact with people who listen to the show because we've not really done that directly other than like answering questions, etc. So um, I think uh, a couple of the Down the Slope boys will be on there. Uh, hopefully a couple of the boys, Phil on Bangers, will join us as well so we can just sit and talk shit about the Hibs on transfer deadline day in the hope that the club pulls something special out the bag. So we'll be going live on Twitter for half nine. Um, depending on how late the game runs, we might be a bit after that, but we'll be looking for a half nine start. So if you can join us, uh, we'd love to have you on there. We'll be joining, uh, we'll be starting it for the Ramble Twitter, so you can get it through that, and then myself and Sean will come on through our own Twitter accounts. It'll be Liam Mann in the main account. 
So I, if you can join us, we'd love to have you there. Um, if not, enjoy the rest of your week. Have a good dinner tonight. Because I know I'm <laughs> Especially you, that. John McIntosh. Yep, I'm saying that. Uh, yes, John. Please can you let us know what you have, uh, bonus points if you include photos. Seeing as that we answer your question first every week. Yeah. Um, but you, you see, I don't know if you've noticed it, he seems to be changing it because he asked us what we're having for our dinner and he asked down the slope what they were having for their lunch. Oh, really? Dinner's a more important meal, so clearly we're his favourite. Yeah, is. no, dinner is a, a So yeah, John, meal. if you could let us know, accompanied with pictures if you can, if not, We'll just keep asking until we get photos because there's nothing we love more than Hibs on the Hibs Ramble than photos of Scran. Absolutely. Um, however, do be warned that if your photo, the photo quality can be poor, but if the meal is poor, you will be blocked and refrain from commenting <laughs> on any post up in the future. You'll be put on the Hibs Ramble blacklist. <laughs> so, guys, thanks again for listening um, and we'll hopefully see you tomorrow night. Cheers. See you Cheers. later. Cheers. Bye-bye.